When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wolfong, and as I have all season long, the doctor's in the house, Dr. Mason West, joining us again to kind of help us break down some of the injuries. Mason, how you doing today? Doing really good. You know, it's a, it's a weird sensation to be a losing football team, but having so much fun. Three, three losses in a row. And, you know, we do the the, the confidence poll on, on SB Nation Reacts on WCG every week. And we've been in the 90s for like four weeks now. Fans are excited. It's I think they realize something special is happening. You know, Justin Fields has got some MVP talk by some some guys in the media. He's like a top 10 quarterback, according to the uh, the uh, NFL.com QB index. It's like, what's what what world is this where a Bears quarterback is getting talked up like this? Well, and think about it. Like, I mean, the term most valuable player, like to me, I always feel like it just goes to like, you know, best quarterback on the best team. But like truly, if you break that down, the player that is the most valuable to their team, if the records were better, you know, if this had happened sooner, yeah, you could make an argument that it would be Justin. I mean, he literally is currently the Chicago Bears. Can you imagine? I mean, there's a couple of games that kind of could have went either way. The the Vikings game with the with the bad fumble. Let's say the Bears pull that out, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dolphins game with the bad drop to with, with St. Brown, where that would have put him in field goal range. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Let's say they would have pulled that out. And now the Bears are sitting here with five wins. You know, they're five and five. Justin Fields is like one of the hottest things going right now. I think there would be some actual MVP talking. I mean, it's still early. I mean, who knows? The Bears could go on a run here, you know. But, man, Again, what world are we living in when the Chicago Bears have a quarterback that is being talked up? It's just, uh, but I do want to real quick before we get into the show, what's with Shady McCoy? Why is he always hating on Justin Fields? Is he doing this to be a, the, the ESPN troll? Is this his thing? I, I think that has to be the case. I mean, like, obviously, I don't know LaShawn Dindap or anything like that. And as far as I know, it's not like he has beef with Justin, but it just seems like it's trying to be contrarian, trying to get his name out there, you know, trying to make something of this fledgling career that he's starting and it's just an easy target it you know everyone's so excited at this point in time it's just like all right let's go oppo and try to like get my name out there very strange i mean he it it does seem kind of personal like you said it's maybe there's something going on there um or maybe he's just trying to be that guy and just kind of you know be be the opposite guy and you know, I mean, it's definitely working. I mean, people are talking about him I mean, this whole week. He's been getting mentioned. He's been getting cut up. His, his, his spot's been going on podcasts, on radio. It's all over the place. So maybe this is just his thing. He wants to be that guy. And, you know, the I don't know. I think it's kind of uh, – it's like in poor taste sometimes because it's just like, it's like it just seems so personal. Yeah. Like why, though? I mean, what is Justin Fields doing that's like, you know, he's taking what the defense gives him. Yeah, the passing numbers aren't the best, but – you know, it's watch the games. You know, it's like anyone that says this stuff, I don't think they're really paying attention to what's happening in Chicago because it's it's beautiful. <laughs> 
Well, it's, it's nice to see with people that do the other route, right? Because there's some people that have had the, the takes. You know, Chris Sims comes to mind. Veroloski come to mind. Uh, individuals who maybe ranked Justin Lowe or, you know, even went after him a little bit. But now they're coming around and saying, you know what, I was wrong. Like to say the statement, like I made an assessment and he's proving my assessment to be incorrect. That does take something a little special. And I appreciate when people do that versus the other way where you just stick to it and are just pounding the table on take a bad take and continue to pound that bad take. Yeah, I will 100% value someone's opinion if they're willing to change their mind. You know, I mean, it's like you can't just have this take on a certain guy or a certain player. And, you know, he's always that guy now. I mean, we saw it with years with you know a lot of players in Chicago. It's, you know, there's people that love a certain kind of player or they hate a certain player. No matter what happens, they don't change their mind. It's like, dude, sometimes things change. Schemes change. Players can improve. I mean, mm-hmm. like look at Cole Komet. I mean, you look at Cole Komet's game. He's, he's still a young player. He's still coming into his own, you know, but. Now all of a sudden this year he's he's all of a sudden a, a, a pretty good player. It's he's been this guy for the most part. Yeah, he's improved because he's came in the league at 21. You know, he's gonna get better physically, you know, mentally, he's gonna get better as a football player. But there are some fans just still stay still stuck on it that he sucks. And it's like, you know, Kendall Vildor, another one comes to mind. He's he's had a pretty really good, good year. One. He's had a decent year, so I don't know. All right, well, let's just jump into this uh this Bears Falcons. Uh, on Sunday, and, and like, as you do here on, on TFC, we kind of go over the injury report. Before we get into that, though, can we talk about Khalil Herbert? He went yeah. to injured reserve. You know, it's that hip injury. It seemed like he may have got hurt early on a kick return, um, but he kind of played through it a little bit. I know you had a clip you showed on your show. What's your take? Do you think it's going to be a four-week injury like the coaches are optimistic, or you think he may be done for the year? So based on, you know, I think he may have neaked it a little earlier. And then later in the game, I believe with about two, two something left in the fourth quarter, he react definitely would have reactivated. That was the thing that knocked him out. We saw him limping off the field. Um, it's a, it looked to me, it's either, you know, labrum or, or strain. But the fact that they put him on short-term IR, that knocks labrum out of it. That's not going to be in consideration. So you're looking at a hip, uh, hip flexor strain, more likely than not. Uh, the more likely the iliopsoas versus like the rectus femoris, just based on how he presented. Um, that's going to be a four to six week injury. Definitely could come back after four. The question ends up becoming not as much can he come back, but more does it make sense to have him come yeah. back? Right. Like, you know, let's say the Bears lose a couple more games here. Um, he's definitely going to be a part of your future. David Montgomery is a question mark, just depending on, you know, maybe what that contract looks like. Do you try to go somewhere else, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's like, hey, yeah, like, Leo, dang it, looks like that's going to take a little longer to heal than we thought it did. Uh, you're out for the rest of the season. That's more going to ultimately be what it looks like versus, you know, actually can Because he absolutely can. Like I said, four to six week injury. And it's funny, some fans still don't understand what Herbert is bringing to the table. He's bringing six yards of carry. He may not be the overall football player as Montgomery, but he is a hell of a running back, and the Bears definitely need him. He's definitely part of the future here, so – you know, I, I hope he's fine. You know, I I mean, there's no surgery on the table, it seems like. I mean, it seems like the Bears are optimistic he can make it back. So the fact that it's not happening, if he goes a little past four and they, just, they do decide to shut him down, I, I think that's the best thing if, if that's what it takes. But but again, if he can come back, though, because right now it's pretty much Demo and Ebner, they're going to probably bring up Evans from the from the practice squad. Um, I know they can, they've called him up once this year. I think they're allowed to, I think, call him up three times uh, before having to go back through waivers. Uh 
the COVID rules have kind of changed. I'm not sure how that goes now, but you know, they're not going to roll into the game with just uh, two guys. It'll bring someone else up and uh, you know, see what happens. Evans may be a little better in as a pass blocker, maybe a little better guy than to bring in Tress and Emner, the rookie, but you know, but regardless the bears overall though, besides obviously the Herbert IR, they're fairly healthy. Um, we got the injury report pulled up here on second seat gridiron for those guys watching us. Nikhil Harry, a whiteout illness. He is listed as out. He was inactive last week, which is kind of a surprising thing. So him being out, it's not that big of a hit for the offense, but he's sick. He's got an illness. Um, whatever it is, it's, it's serious enough where they already ruled him out. And in, in NFL, you can't go from out to in. Once you're out, you're out. If they thought he had a chance to play, they would have had him as doubtful. So Harry's out, but real quick, what's your thought about Nikhil Harry being inactive last week? Man, I, I found that to be very surprising. And some of the people I talked to, like even like it was right before the game, and an hour or two before uh, those inactives came out, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, here, here are the people that I expect to be active at wide receiver." Uh, you know, and they're pretty close to the situation. And they had Nikhil Harry listed. They they were taken uh, a bit by surprise as well. Uh, it's odd just because you think this is one of those years that you are trying to see what you have in, in guys. Um, does he become a little maybe redundant with, you know, a Chase Claypool or, you know, with an e- Equinemius St. Brown, depending on how you view those roles? Like, yeah, he, he absolutely does. But, you know, and then you also had Tevin out, I think, in, that was part of it because, you know, now you needed to think maybe an extra lineman involved. Because not like they carried six receivers. They only carried five. They didn't bring someone else. Uh, it's, it's just – it's odd. Um, and then even with this, with Nikhil Harry being ruled out this early, being out with an illness, that leads me to believe one of two things. Either A, maybe it's COVID-related, which, you know, I don't know what he has, so don't take that for anything obvious. But when it's this early, you don't have to report COVID stuff anymore. If your teams – a lot of teams aren't even testing anymore. And so, so take that in consideration. And then B, the other thing is, well, we were going to rule him out anyway. He was going to be inactive anyway. So we might as well just say he's out, out with an illness. I think it's one of those two things. Because if it was like a cold, a flu, a whatever, you're probably going to wait all the way up until game time before you're going to rule that person out. That's a good point. You talk about the COVID. I mean, you know, we're so used to the last couple of years. That was always a big thing. That's one of the reasons why they increased the practice squad. They let you bring guys back and forth a little easier now. Uh, but yeah, they don't, NFL doesn't mandate, uh, you know, reporting that. So, you know, it's, I guess that's a good thing. You know, I guess it's not that it's, it's not affecting us so much. That's a good thing. You know, let's move on. You know, Dane Krugshank, safety, hamstring is out. He practiced in the week. He was limited. He was out, then he was limited, then he was out again. It's like, you know, did he, I'm guessing may have re-aggravated something because he missed last week. Is that your guess? Yeah. And this is the, what, the second time now he's had a hamstring thing going on. I, yeah. I don't know which side it is left, first, right. And, or anything like that. But when you see someone that has had hamstring previously, you know, in previous weeks, you see, like you talked about going from limited to not participating and then to limited. I mean, that's usually a re-aggravation and now they're just like, all right, let's shut it down for the week. We don't, and that's the thing he's done special team snaps. He's never even played on, on defense you don't need him out there. You don't want it to get any worse. You know, I, I thought I was pretty high in the signing when they got him. I thought he was a nice depth piece. Um, you know, I'm glad, of course, they drafted Brisker in the draft. You know, you got to get a more talent in there. But I think he's he's a nice piece there. Um, you know, but him and DeAndre Houston Carson, they're both basically special teamers. They kind of fill the same role. It's good to have an extra guy there that's really good. So, you know, when he's healthy, he'll be back. You know, just right now, though, it just makes sense to shut him down. And then the other three bears that are on the injury report this week, they're all questionable. 
But the good thing about them, they all practiced in full on Friday, and that's Tevin Jenkins with that hip, Alkadi Muhammad with that knee, Kendall Vilder with that ankle. But like I said, all three practiced in full. They're all going to play, right? I always say keep in mind that the Friday practices are much lighter. So uh, yeah, being full true. being full there is not always like a guarantee. Uh, my understanding is that Kendall Vildor will be playing. Uh, my, I'm not sure on Al-Qadim Muhammad. I would think he's going to play, but even that one is not a certainty. The one that's really interesting to me is Tevin. Uh, Tevin had, when it came out and said that, you know, he, this is a maintenance thing. That's a, it was a hip issue that was there before this season really even began. And they just decided, Hey, we're going to try to work on this now. You don't maintenance doesn't, is not sitting out a week. <laughs> that's, that's not maintenance. That's, that's, you got a problem. Um, and whenever I look at someone that has hip or back, it's very chicken or the egg in nature. A lot of time people with hip problems end up having compensation in the back and then you have back problems. Uh, and sometimes it's the other way. So I, it is concerning to me that he's having this and that he needed an entire week to be out. And then he, you know, didn't practice pretty much all week until today, which is like a glorified walkthrough really for the most part. Um, I'm not locking it in that he's playing. It is really going to be a game time decision for him. So like we talked about last week, there was no play that we noticed where he got hurt. So something could have happened, you know, maybe in practice or whatever. So, you know, and you mentioned the back and hip go hand to hand. And here's a guy that has had back surgery. You know, he missed, you know, most of his rookie season because of that. And like you said, you know, if if he's overcompensating for another injury, I mean, he may be healthy, you know, as NFL healthy, he's finally good to go. But maybe he, his gates change because of he's trying to compensate for something. So, you know, then they need him out there, though. I mean, it's, it'd be nice. Uh, I think if there's anything lingering, I think like we talked about Herbert shutting him down, anything lingering with Jenkins, it might just be best to shut him down for a couple of games too. Well, and that's something that really bugged me when Tevin first got the surgery and there was a statement put out there by, you know, the Bears front office and, and even Tevin himself where it's like, all right, he's the, the, the surgery fixed it. And it's like, well, yes, it may have decreased the pressure that was on the nerve that was giving him the problems down the leg, but there is a reason why there was pressure being put on the nerve in the first place there's something that occurred or was occurring, whether it was like one large trauma impact or more over time. And my understanding is it was an overtime thing for him because he had some back stuff, obviously going back into the draft and into college. And so more likely than not, like, yeah, probably like something like this underlying hip issue. Like if you're lacking, let's say internal rotation of the hip and you now need to be trying to open up and turn and pull. Now all of a sudden you're going to compensate into the lumbar spine. So, you know, because now you have to turn and rotate more through the lumbar spine to compensate for that hip. And so even, yes, the surgery got rid of the compression, but that didn't take care of the thing that caused the problem in the back in the first place. Now, I'm not saying that this is for sure correlated, but, you know, it would be odd if it, there wasn't something to do with it. But I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if for me, if I was in that training room and I saw that, like, there was anything questionable going on here i'm shutting him down he was he looked way too good this year at guard i want him fully rehabbed fully recovered going into next year which actually matters because he looked great at guard at times and he just really needs to be able to tie that together and not have to worry about health holding him back you know before we jump over to the falcons uh, there's a question in the chat from anthony uh wichter he's asking about playing on turf versus playing on grass i know there was some stuff in in the news uh, this last week about you know, turf versus grass, you know, from your expert opinion, what do you think the difference is playing on turf, playing on grass? 
Turf and grass is a pretty substantial difference. Um, one of them being turf just isn't as forgiving, right? There is that firmness to it, even if you have even if you have some of the different layers that are going on. And that's one of the reasons why you do see an increase in injuries with turf, just because the cleats kind of get stuck a little bit more. Now, all of a sudden, you're putting a lot more pressure on the knee, on the hip, on the back, things of that nature. Um, so specifically for Tevin, yeah, I mean, that would make a difference. And that's also one of the reasons why players, you know, play faster on on turf versus on grass um it's more similar to running on you know some of the those rubberized tracks like you would or maybe even like i'm not as aggressive as this but like even on concrete you just don't have as much of that that cushion that that grass is going to give and so that whole that foot whole foot complex can get stuck can get caught and transfer force in the bad way up the chain yeah that's uh you know i will say from someone who old enough to play down the old school astro turf way back in the day the turf they have these days, the technology, everything about it is like so much better than what it used to be. But but like you said, it's still it's still not natural. You know, it's still, you know, there's not quite as much give there. And, you know, it's you know, we see guys get stuck on it. So, you know, uh, with indoor stadium, I know some teams do it. They have a, a grass inside. You know, I, if the NFL ever mandates, you know, all grass, you know, I think that might be a, a nice thing. But. I just can't see it happening. These these teams want to have the multi-purpose and, and having the grass kind of, you know, defeats that purpose. One of the things that's interesting, I know overseas, a lot of uh, soccer, a lot of the soccer stadiums actually have kind of a hybrid. They have this turf base as major as the most of it. And then they do have some natural grass growing between it. Now, I don't really know, like I haven't looked super into it in terms of injury and then what that's going to be like, but I would think that it could give you a little bit more give than if you just went one for one way. And it's a lot more manageable because you have like a good amount of turf already being there. So if you do, you know, pull up grass and all that, it's not going to look like soldier field after MLS Chicago fire plays on it. And all of a sudden now you're a concert and then you have a football game two days later, it looks terrible. Um, So I would look at, that would be something I'd be more interested in looking into. Well, what is that hybrid going to potentially do? Now I have homework to do. I'm going to have to look that up because that's interesting to me. When I was in college, I did a, uh, this is again years ago. I did a uh, one of my reports was on astroturf and and the turf, the differences in the injuries and stuff like that. And it was funny because I always talked about the NFL like in my speech class. And my teacher got to one day and said, "Hey, no more talking about the NFL." Okay, okay. So I did the next report on astroturf. Technically, it wasn't the NFL; it was astroturf. <laughs> so the teacher kind of you know it's like, "All right, you get a pass, but no more sports next week," which is okay. So, but um, let's go out into the Atlanta Falcons. Um, AJ Terrell, cornerback hamstring questionable. Eric Harris, safety foot questionable. Felipe Franks, tight end calf is out. And of those three, Harris and Franks, they're both backups. Um, you know, Franks is kind of a, a, a gimmicky guy once in a while as a tight end, played quarterback in college. He's out, doesn't matter. Eric Harris is more a special teamer, a veteran. Uh, but of these guys, AJ Terrell is questionable with a hamstring. But the Falcons tweeted out earlier today that he's back. Um, they, I don't think they make a big deal to put a big clip of a video of him coming out to practice. If he's not going to play in the game, he hasn't played since week seven, but he's a pretty good football player. So the fact that he's back and that their defense is relatively healthy, it's going to be a good test for the, uh, for the Chicago Bears offense here, which is, you know, been racking up the rushing yards and the Falcons are number two in rushing. So this could be a very quick game in the turf. They're just a, a pounded out, you know, uh, you know, smash mouth kind of, you know, two teams wanting to run the ball. Is that kind of what you're expecting in this game? I would think so. Uh, I would imagine, though, that the Bears specifically are going to try to open things up a little bit. Uh, the Falcons do not have a great pass 
pass defense <laughs> you were going on. I mean, AJ Terrell's fantastic. He really is. But like he said, he's been out for a little while. Anyone coming back after that's going to be a little slower coming back. Um, potentially look at, is he favoring that hamstring at all? Is there going to be a re-aggravation? So keep that in mind. But I would think, yes, the Bears are going to continue to lean on the run like they have, but still try to open things up. You know, yes, the the passing attempts continue to be down compared to maybe where you want fields to be in terms of his growth. But a lot of that ends up being decisions made on the field, whether it's because he has to scramble, whether it's because he ends up pulling it, you know, if it's an RSO that runs screen option. So it's not like that pass plays aren't being called. It's just, it's not necessarily being thrown all the time. Falcons for sure though. I mean, they are a run first team, run second team to set up the, the deep ball. The problem is Marcus Mariota is not very good at the deep. Yeah. <laughs> and as a Kyle Pitts fantasy owner, it's very frustrating. What are they doing with Kyle Pitts? How do they have such a fantastic talent? And he's just not getting 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 targets. What's going on with the with the Falcons? Very strange, right? It's I mean, and I think uh Brett Coleman did a fantastic video on this. Um so if you're if you're looking to like just understand a little bit of how this Falcons uh, offense operates, go watch that. Um it, it's really good. And he dives into it and basically like it breaks it down into a it's the way Arthur Smith calls it. He hasn't blocking a lot, and it's yeah. like why? <laughs> why? He's basically that makes no sense. B, a little bit of it is Marcus Mariota and his deficiencies, and then C, it's a little bit of Kyle Pitts in terms of how he runs his routes and and how he's getting open or lack thereof. So, but they're definitely mismanaging a fantastic talent, and I do wonder to an extent if they regret taking a tight end as early as they did, and maybe not looking at quarterback aka Justin Fields' homegrown talent. You mentioned that. I mean, he's, you know, he's from like 40 minutes north of Atlanta. He grew up a Falcons fan. You know, it was like, it could have been a no brainer, you know, take him. And, you know, speaking of that, he's gonna, I'm sure there'll be a lot of Justin Fields fans in the stadium. Bears always travel well. Atlanta doesn't really sell out very much in that, in that stadium. So we could have a pretty vocal Bears contingent in Atlanta cheering on the Bears. And, you know, that's, that's good. It might give them a little extra boost and, you know, Speaking again about the offense real quick is, yeah, we want to see more passing. It's it's more exciting, but they're leading the league in rushing. They're putting up 30 points a game, taking what the defense gives them. I mean, if, if they pass run, I really don't care, to be honest with you. As long as they're putting up 30 points, you know, I, I'd like to see a, a dub once in a while. I think they have a chance to win this game. I think it's it's right there for them. Um, so are you taking the Bears or are you taking the Falcons? And this is what I'm taking the Bears. Uh, at this point, no, over the last four weeks, going to now the fifth week, no one has been able to stop this offense. The Falcons do not have a good run defense. I think that's a great rest- sentence right there. No one has able to stop the Bears' offense. I know. I didn't think I'd be I've saying that. I've never heard that, like, that said out loud in, since the 80s. And they have a terrible run defense. I think they're like 26th in defensive DVOA against the rush. Uh, Bears are 25th, so it's not like it's that much better. But but I would expect that to continue. So that the, I think the Bears are going to score, again, probably around 30-ish. And I just don't trust Marcus Mariota and the offense to be able to score 30-ish. So I'm taking the Bears. Plus, they're getting three points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I took the Bears and on the money line as well. So I think uh, – the Bears got a good chance, and I went the over because, you know, the Bears have just been racking up the points here. So it, it should be fun. You know, win or lose, it should be fun. It should be another nice uh, another nice game from Fields. Uh, the run game should be going good. So let's just have another fun game. That's all I'm hoping for. Yeah, exactly. Just lead us into, you know, Thanksgiving with, with something that's an interesting to talk about and fun. Speaking of Thanksgiving, are you going to take off bare bones next week with the usually you record on on Thursday at five? 
Could take a week yeah. there. Look, I, I love y'all. I love the 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 <laughs> you know WCG uh, fan family, but I don't think I'm gonna be in a state <laughs> to be able to uh, do a five o'clock show. Maybe I'll sneak in a little something on like a Wednesday morning or something like that. But but yeah, Thursday <laughs> there will not be a show. So f- Friday, if you're around, you know, we'll try and kind of hook up our schedule. Uh, but Friday, I'm off Friday. I don't work at the job, the real job. So I'm around most of the day Friday. So once the Bears injury report drops, and once uh, – who the hell do they play next week? The I don't Jets. Know, I'm not even, the Jets. So once the Bears and Jets both drop the report, I'll pretty much be ready to go. So if you're around Friday, holler at me. We'll uh, we'll, we'll come back with it with a T-Formation conversation. Otherwise, man, there'll be stuff all over the podcast channel like there always is. You know, bear with me, bears banter, you know, bear and balanced, you know, bears over beers, a lot of bear puns in there. So even though we're missing the bare bones, there's plenty of bear puns to go around. So any final thoughts about the, uh, the Falcons game? Uh, I'm still hoping I see, you know, Justin Fields walks in wearing like a Michael Vick jersey. Like that, that's my hope is, is the first pregame outfit. That would be nice. You know, there would be some bears fans not happy about that. But I, think oh, I just, I just cool. think it'd be ice cold. I don't know. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. All right, so that's it. That's our time. Uh, it's T-Formation Conversation. Make sure you guys all follow Mason at West Sports PT. Also, if you're in the Barrington area, go see him. You know, he's uh, he's he's a, he's a Dr. West, for crying out loud. You know, go see him. Follow me on Twitter at WiltFongJR, as long as Twitter's still around. We'll both be there. Uh, but until next time, bear down, my friends.